This is Blurring the Lines with Adam Bell and Peter Nicolaitis, IT entrepreneurs. Adam and Peter take on the topics of technology, business, life, and the pursuit of happiness and blur them together in the 21st century. Good afternoon, good morning, or good evening, and welcome to the Blurring the Lines podcast. This is episode number 205. I'm your host, Adam Bell. Joining me as always, my co-host, Peter Nicolaitis. Nicolaitis, let me, let me not uh, blur that all together. He's not Spanish at all. <laughs> Nicolaitis. <laughs> how you doing, Peter? <laughs> I'm doing great. All things considered, how are you doing? Oh yeah, I'm I'm doing well. It's uh, you know we're preparing for the winter storm down here in Tennessee, mm-hmm. and you know what a winter we, storm yeah. for us is seventy seventy two and cloudy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, practically. No, it's it's you know yeah. borderline freezing with uh, rain, a little bit of snow mixed in, zero accumulation, and that shuts down the state. Yeah, well, there you go. <laughs> and that shuts out. That's, that's the, pu- the punchline I was waiting for. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. Well, so. we are, uh, yeah, yep. So, so you're getting ready to shut down? Oh, yeah, yeah. We've already been to the store, you know, bought out all the milk, beer, and bread. So bread it's... and milk. Yep. Yep. <laughs> why bread and milk? I don't understand. Why, why is that the first things people get? Like some of the most perishable products you can find. So let's stock up on that. Well, Well, because we've got two days of food in cans for sure. Great. We're good. (laughs) Well, I, um, yeah. So in Boston, uh, a few days ago, we did have our first real snowstorm of the Mm -hmm. year and it was really nice. I was like, yeah, it feels like winter next day, 57 degrees rain, washed it all away. It's gone. Ah. Uh, That's good. But I'm coming to you live from, well, to you live, uh, dear listener, probably not, uh, from Vermont, where we still have several inches of white fluffy powder on the ground. So yeah. It's much colder and uh, colder and snowier up here right now. Oh, that's and it's getting colder. <laughs> oh yeah, no, we the, like I'm here for a few days because my dad's out of the house for a while, and I'm just monitoring the place and making sure that the the fire stays running because it's primarily wood stove heated here, oh. and uh, the temperature is supposed to be steadily dropping down over the next. Like it's just getting colder and colder. Tonight it's going to be below freezing. It's like tonight I think it was like in the 30s. Tomorrow in the 20s. The next day in the teens. The next mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. the lower teens and i was like so i uh, invested in a bunch of iot devices mm-hmm. um i bought a couple of i thought i was buying temperature sensors but what i ended up buying was water freeze sensors by mistake yeah but i decided i'm gonna keep them anyway mm-hmm. um and put them under pipes where pipes might be p- prone to bursting or leaking because yeah about a month or so ago, uh, my dad had like the toilet was leaking and apparently it was, there was a problem with the pipe behind it. Yeah. So I'm just going to stick these water sensors around. Um, I also uh, have some genuine smart thermometers coming mm-hmm. and, um, I also bought three smart uh, Wi-Fi enabled space heaters. 
so yeah. that I can, in a pinch, turn those on. So he's got backup. The backup heat is propane. Um, you know, so my hope is that, you know, if a neighbor happens to be in the neighborhood and can stop by and start a fire in the wood, that's great. But if mm-hmm. not, as a backup, you know, in a pinch, I'll do that. So, and I'm also going to look at, boy, I really hope I don't have to buy a Tesla power wall. But I would like to get some kind of solar power fed battery backup kind of thing. Mm-hmm. He's got a generator here, but if I could get something that, you know, just enough power to run the space heaters occasionally, you know, throughout the winter might not be a bad thing, you know, mm-hmm. so we'll see. Are his, yeah, uh, that's a, are his wood stoves, are they, um, older or are they high efficiencies? They're newer wood stoves, but they're not like wood pellet stoves. They're conventional mm-hmm. throw, you know, split wood, throw, mm-hmm. you know, throw in pieces of wood kind of thing. So no, there's no automation. There's no like, you know, blast furnace. There's no like fan, you know, cranking up the heat or anything like that. So it's a mm-hmm. very manual old school pot belly. Well, not pot belly, but old school, you know, four post wood stove thing. I don't remember the... I don't think it's made of soapstone. He has, I think downstairs, he's got a one. There's a company around here, Woodstock Soapstone. They make you know, mm-hmm. stoves. They used to make, I think they used to make wood stoves and now they've switched mostly. Well, maybe they do both, but now they do like gas and stuff. Um, so he's got like three propane heaters throughout the house, two downstairs and one on the first floor. Mm-hmm. And then one main big wood stove out in the main side of things. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's a awful lot of exposed pipes. Well, not exposed, but there's like, you know, the water pipes that run around below ground, you know, below those heaters, because right. you know, they're down on the like ceiling of the first ceiling of the basement floor of the first floor. And, um, so I don't know how well, you know, that's going to stay, how warm that's going to stay, but we'll see, you know? So anyway, yeah, there you go. So here I am back once and again, splitting my time from between Vermont and Boston, just, just like the good <laughs> old days. <when> we met. <laughs> well, you can, so I will soon have a, have reviews. I'll have reviews of lots of new IOT devices. Mm-hmm. I didn't know. I didn't know there was a um, a space heat, a smart space heater. So that's that's good to know because I bought. Yep. I bought um, air conditioners for my farm, and they're supposed mm-hmm. to be smart. Well, they are not smart. Uh, I I can't get them programmed. <laughs> I mean, I'm an IT guy, and I can't get them programmed. And I thought maybe it was a firmware issue, and I thought maybe it was a um slow internet when i had satellite there because it wants Mm -hmm. you know like a lot of devices you know the first time you connect to it it kicks off you communicate to it once it realizes that you're going to talk to it then it'll do an ad hoc wireless between you and it to communicate um and i can communicate to the to the air conditioner but I cannot get it to register. So I can't register it in the cloud and I can't get it to go. And I, and I thought there was like, okay, well, what's happening is the ad hoc internet is happening. The ad hoc wireless is happening. And then I lose my network connection. So I thought, okay, I'll take my laptop. I'll plug up the ethernet so that even if the wireless is tied up between these two devices, I'll still have an internet connection. Nope. Nope. 
No, <laughs> no, it doesn't work like that. Yeah. Well, on that note, I'm going to, uh, we have a, so I bought the Atomi. Uh, it's like the word atomic without the C. Uh-huh. Um, but I need to, I need to, so um, the one that I have in the bathroom, um, it's not, it's like, it's responding. I can look at it and I can adjust the temperature up. The lowest these temperatures will go is um, 60 degrees. Mm-hmm. And it says that it's 67, but it also says that it's on. So real time review, I'm going to just go and take a look at this one. Okay. Because this is not the smartness that I was promised. <laughs> <laughs> I should be able to turn it off. The good news is it's not putting out any heat. That's the good news. The bad news is that it's not responding when I hit the power button, uh, huh. which is kind of the whole point of buying this thing. Because mm-hmm. if I'm 150 miles away in Boston, uh, I can't have this thing just you know not responding. That kind of defeats the whole purpose. So yeah. it's interesting because I have two of these box two. One, so I, got, I bought three. One's in the kitchen. One's in the bathroom. Um, I'm fairly certain I configured them identically, mm-hmm. and yet they're behaving differently. So very interesting and not at all surprised, you know, for, you know, uh, Shenzhen province, internet of things stuff shows up. Oh yeah. Of course they're acting completely different. Why not? Yeah. You know? Yeah. So wow. yeah, at home, at home, I've like taken big steps to upgrade and, you know, get everything Apple home kit compatible, mm-hmm. which generally means that the price is higher on all the stuff that I'm using mm-hmm. here. Uh, I was just like, I just need something that's going to work, but apparently maybe that's too much to ask to. <laughs> I, I don't know. I I'm just, I get disappointed with, I, I bought a D I bought a commercial grade dehumidifier for for roaming Rome for my lavender farm and it mm-hmm. i bought one that was uh that is iot compatible so that i can i can start it from remote i can you know control it push the push the temp or uh, uh percentage that i want up or down i can see the results mm-hmm. and and those all work but there are plenty of typos in the you know because this was not their first language that they they programmed this device and it disappoints me because this wasn't a cheap device i didn't i didn't go out and look for bargain basement you know it's like i want a good one i want to pay for it i want it to work and it does work but If it ever doesn't work, I have a feeling that I'll, I'll have no, I'm done. It's done. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, that's, the, that's the thing. I, I swear ever since my first trip to Thailand, my first trip to well, was my second trip to Asia. I thought that there might be a market for not translation services, but like secondary filtered translation services. Yeah. So like you give me the documentation before you send this off to your American audience, give it to me and let me fix all of the typos and slang and stuff. Cause you know, mm-hmm. I can usually understand what they're saying, yeah. but you know, like it's not the best way to put it or we don't say that or something, you know, like, 
So even though, like I bought Ufi products, Ufi from Anchor stuff, mm-hmm. clearly not, you know, clearly not built in this country, you know, and, <laughs> and it's just like, it, it wouldn't take much to just clean that up a little bit, so, mm-hmm. but you know, they're trying to save on every penny. So I guess I shouldn't be surprised. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't seem like you know <sighs> it's, it would be a one-time cost so it's not like you're constantly translating <laughs> <laughs> yeah it, it, well i mean if you're constantly generating out new uh new documentation you are mm-hmm. so, <laughs> <sorry>. well yeah <laughs> <clears throat> so what uh, else what else is on the docket for today oh Peter's iot woes besides that <laughs> so so do you 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 take pictures with your phone do. do you do you store any pictures anywhere or are they just on your phone is that where they live and die they die in the cloud they go to they go to iphoto so icloud, mm-hmm. iCloud. Yeah, it, i think i'm like most people these days i take photos they go into icloud and i never see them again never see them again yeah yeah i focus <laughs> on uh but it's now icloud the you know i i mean i i took i take a lot of pictures but i did a lot more on my uh digital slr camera for a long time and because they were better than than anything we could do on our phones now our phones um the dslr is a little bit always going to be a little bit more because it's always going to have a better lens i mean it's the difference between a fifteen hundred dollar lens and whatever apple or you know samsung or whatever putting they're not putting a fifteen hundred dollar lens in their thirteen hundred dollar phone so anyway i used to do picasa you remember google's uh picasa product So you have your files downloaded and it stored them, indexed them. You could find them. And one of the, one of my favorite things that would would do is so like when I went on a trip, I'd go through and I'd star all the good ones because I took, you know, I may have gone to a beach and I took five pictures of the beach trying to get one good picture. And then I go through Mm -hmm. and I want to star the best of them. And then I want to do an auto adjustment and, you know, and you, you you build out your filters to what an auto adjustment means to you. But I go into that, I hit auto adjust, it brightens, you know, enhances the color slightly. And, you know, so it was really nice I could do that. Well, Picasso went away. It went to Google Cloud, merge, cloud Google Photos. And the only way you can do that yep. is in the cloud. So you've got to upload all your pictures into the cloud to be able to modify them, to turn around and download them back. So I was wondering if you had any, uh, well, and I have Adobe Lightroom and Adobe Lightroom will do everything Picasso used to do in a much harder way. (laughs) (laughs) Before I just hit a button, say auto levels, hit a button, it'd go. Yeah. And then if I want to do that with a Lightroom, then I've got, it's hard. (laughs) It's hard. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. You got to be intentional with all your pictures. You can't just go in there and do quick fix and move on. Um, well, yeah, I mean, the problem is you, you realize, of course, that the problem is caused by you using a professional grade tool for an amateur product or an amateur project. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I just want to do an amateur. I, I want the pro- professional tool when I really want to dig in there, when I really want to make a mm-hmm. nice picture. But for the most part, a four by six picture is not real high quality. 
<laughs> yeah, in general. In general uh, no, I, I use iCloud. Um, I take stuff in, and my use case in general is, you know, I'm heavily using the recent photos, you know, mm-hmm. looking for something I just took a picture of recently or something like that. Um, <clears throat> but I, uh, and then, you know, like, where was I? Like, I was searching for photos of my first trip to New Orleans, for mm-hmm. instance. Um, but apparently I wasn't using, uh, iPhotos back then or iCloud then cause I couldn't find any of them. Yeah. So, um, you know, but I'll look in like, I'll sort by location. Um, I have been looking for, you know, the faces ones. It's pretty, pretty good. You know, doing facial recognition nowadays, mm-hmm. um, finding things. So, um, but I will say too, as far as photos goes, um, it's interesting thing, something my, my girlfriend, uh, inadvertently contributed to the podcast without knowing it. <laughs> um, she asked me the other day, can you make me an AI headshot? Yeah. And I was just like, I don't think I have the tools because I have a chat GPT plus subscription, which expires today, actually. Um, and that includes Dali now. So I could make a new photo, but I can't really, you know, like I can't doctor this photo with it. Yeah. So she went on to another website. I forget which. I think she paid like 30 bucks for an intro thing, gave it a few photos of herself and it came back with some impressive results. Really? Yes. So I was just like, that is pretty slick. Um, so yeah, I was, I was looking at those. And I was like, huh, I kind of wish I had just given it one of those when I needed my headshot for my, my new role. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I, was like, I, I was like, that would have saved me a lot of time, you know, over the, the whole, you know, trying to like get the light ready and everything. So she just took some decent photos, uploaded them and it came back with some, some pretty good ones. I'll, I'll show you later. So I'll have I was to... like, that's, that's pretty slick. I've seen some, uh, so on Instagram, they throw in commercials in there. And I've seen some of those and yeah, I wouldn't mind seeing those. And I've also seen, um, there's one make me look or show your 16 year old self. And some of those are pretty fun. Yes. Yep. <laughs> yeah. But the stuff that you can do that you can play with those are, are, are pretty impressive. So, um, yeah, but I mean, you know, if you look at the, the photos that she put, like, you know, they're very clearly her. Um, you know, there are some aspects where like, you know, sometimes they got the, the, the teeth a little wrong, you know, mm-hmm. or the eyes, you can look a couple of them. You can see the eyes are just a little bit off. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, in general, you know, at a glance, so even, even, you know, a close look, you're like, you know, you're looking at the same person. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, it's amazing. The, the, um, the range of hair that they put on it mm-hmm. and, you know, like the different outfits and stuff that's just like, Oh, here we go. And, you know, it's like, wow, there's so she just punched that in and she gets like 30 headshots back huh. just like that. And I was, was like, that's pretty slick. That is impressive. Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, all right, that's, that's interesting. So I might do, I, I got as far as making an account to find out I'm like, okay, what does this do it? And it's like, yep, $29 to sign up. And I was like, all right, I'll give it a, I'll, I'll wait until I have a few more, you know, just a couple more pictures of myself to, to send in. But yeah, you know, I, I like, can't, that's, that's pretty slick. That's a great use of AI. 
I can't grow a beard, so maybe I can get get a picture of me with a nice beard. I like a nice beard. There you go. I think you've got a nice goatee. I mean, you know, don't don't sell yourself short. Well, it's right here. It's fine. You're like you look at it. You're like, oh, well, yeah, that'll be a potential yeah. nice goatee when you when you grow it all out. When I grow it out, it just it it's wispy. Mine's my hair has always been very fine mm -hmm. and I can't, I just shaved just yesterday. Actually I had, you know, like the full beard thing going on, but it's always fine. You know, it's like, Oh, you're heading to Vermont. That's why you've got the beard, right? You're like, no, this is not thick enough to give me any sort of insulation. You know, it's just yeah. it's merely for decoration. <laughs> well, it's funny. You know, I mean, you're, you're Greek and German, but you, your hair is more like you're Asian like your yeah. face <laughs> yeah 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 there you go what was that fu manchu kind of yeah <laughs> oh man mine's more like uh you know uh, a bad mennonite do <laughs> <laughs> awesome <laughs> oh man so let's all see. right so so you had uh what else, what else we got well you uh, one of our carryovers uh, we didn't talk about was supplemental health insurance. Supplemental health insurance. That is true. Now, the reason I want to talk about this was not, not because like, Hey, you know, if you're older and stuff like that, you should have supplemental health insurance. Like just like, if you, if you just like, you should have an umbrella policy to cover your homeowners mm -hmm. policy, you should have supplemental health insurance to cover your, like your Medicare or whatnot. Um, my parents do, and it's very good that they do because the 500 or so dollars a month he's paying is a bargain compared to, you know, the stuff that my father's been getting. Yeah. But the reason I brought this up is, um, I was on the phone uh with my dad and so he gets his uh, supplemental health insurance through uh, i think united healthcare through aarp mm -hmm. essentially right that's like that's if you're going to be an aarp member that's the reason to be a you know a member right because you get mm -hmm. semi-affordable affordable is a loose word you know but affordable um uh, health insurance so you get supplemental health insurance and um we wanted to cancel the policy for my mom because my mom is on Medicaid. So she's got full boat Medicaid long-term everything is covered. Right. So there's no sense for my dad to spend, you know, my mom and dad together to spend 500 some odd bucks a month on something they don't need anymore. Right. right. They don't need it. Medicare, you need it. Medicaid, you don't need it. So we called United healthcare and we had this discussion with the person on the other line, um, and he said, yep, you're going to need to send some documentation. You know, you need to call this number. It's a different number. You need to send some documentation and then we'll cancel the policy. And I tried to help my dad with it, but I ran out of time. I was like, look, just dad, call this number and tell them that you want to cancel, you know? And he was like, well, I just want to make sure they cancel it for my mom and, you know, for your mom and not you. I'm like, or not me. I was like, yes, I get that. Just call mm -hmm. this number, tell them to cancel the policy for mom's name not your name okay fine he calls me back saying they want me to send the power of attorney and guardianship paper documents that i have for my mom to them and i was like how did i get involved in this yeah. you should be able to just say 
stop this bill, right? And I was like, so, you know, my dad's getting on in years. He gets confused easily. So I can just imagine a myriad of way of wrong turns this conversation could have taken. Yeah. So I was like, all right, we're going to try it one more time. So I get on the phone with them. Now, keep in mind, the first one was you need to call this other number and you need to send some documentation to cancel the the, the, the coverage. The second one is now I need to get involved and I need to send guardianship papers and whatnot. Third time we call, they're like, I'm like, hi, you know, my name is Peter. I'm on with my father here. I introduced him. And I'm like, okay, dad, tell you know, so we want to cancel it. And she's like, you know, so Mr. Nicolaitis, you want to, you know, I agree you're going to cancel it for, you know, insert mom's name here. I'm like, yes. Okay, sir, I've gone ahead and processed that. It's canceled. <laughs> That's it. Same phone number, same procedure, same questions, different results. Yeah. So it just says, you know, like sometimes you never know. Sometimes persistence can pay off. You know, it's like, I remember this was something I used to do back in the day. I don't remember which vendor it was specifically, but I think it might have been an insurance vendor, you know, like a, like AMS software or something, you know, and I would call for tech support on this matter. And I was not, if I wasn't getting anywhere, I was like, okay, sorry. Thank you. I have to go hang up, call back get a different person, totally different results. So, you know, it's something to think about. If you're not making progress, it could be the individual on the other line. So mm -hmm. sometimes it's worth just trying again. So, you know, well, yeah. there you go. Well, I, I had a, um, um, a box store that had a credit card and I, I'm helping my in-laws with their finances and making sure their bills are getting paid. And I called this store and I said, I need to know the payoff amount. I know where to send a check. I need to know the payoff amount. I said, you're going to need to give us their, the account number. And I said, I don't have the account number. I have the person. I have their social security. I have all of their vital information, but I do not have the account number. Well, sir, we can't, we can't give you the payoff amount. And I said, I said, I know, I know you're, you're protecting from fraud. I, I understand this, you know, I'm, I'm also protecting from fraud, but by me knowing the amount, uh, without all this, I, I, I can't, I can't pay you off if I don't know how to, how much to pay you. So that means I'm not going to pay you anything. <laughs> and, I and I know with a bank, you can call a bank and say, well, my last deposit for authorization, my last yep. deposit was for $112 and 14 cents. And that is a formal yep. authorization, but you can't do that with a credit card. I mean, you, you can't do, you can't, I can't get, any further, I can't, I don't want to change anything. Just, just give me a dollar amount so that I can pay it off. No, we can't uh -huh. do that. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> oh, brother. Yep. No, I know the feeling. It's yeah. It's just, and that's the thing is like, that's probably a process date, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, but it could also be a person on the other side just doesn't know what they're talking about. 
Yeah. You know? it's, it's, it's hard to say. Like I, I was told one time I was in a, uh, I was in a bank, my, my local bank that I don't do much business with anymore because of things like this. Um, and I was told that there is no expiration on a check. So if someone ca- you know writes a check, oh, no expiration on when you can stop payment yes. on a check. Yes. So I said, so wait, so you're telling me like I have the money and I could come back, you know, I can write a check and I can come back say five years later and stop payment on this. That doesn't seem right. So, um, but you know, I was like, so wait, so, you know, like how, how, what's the, and, and, uh, I forget what I asked a specific question and she was like, well, no one knows. I was like, no, I'm pretty sure someone knows. Maybe you don't know, but someone knows when there's a hard cutoff for when you can and cannot stop payment on a check, Yeah, you know? So, yeah. yeah so anyway, just a random story. Yeah. Well, there is kind of a a workaround on that is if you put the verbiage on your check that it's void after 180 days or 90 days. days. But but like just like what you said, if if a check gets lost, it never arrives. You say, you know, do not, you know, void this check. Um, Like you said, they're like, well, that check is still good. The the block is only good for like 90 days, but the check is still good forever. Well, yep. no, it needs to be bad forever. When I declare it as bad, yeah. it needs to be bad forever. Yes. <laughs> oh, and that was the thing too. Actually, I think maybe you're right. I think maybe it wasn't that I was trying to stop payment. It was that, no, yeah, I stopped payment on a check, but they're like, okay, but they can come back and bring it back like after eight months or something like that. And, you know, so I was, I was like, ah, that doesn't, that doesn't, that doesn't sound right. Mm-hmm. I don't know, man. That's, that's, that's tricky. Well, and here, here's another one, you know, since we're talking about fraud here, here. So let's say that you were an employee of Walmart. All right. So you get a paycheck from Walmart. You get a routing number. You get a checking account number. Well, if you go into some sort of ACH processing, you can put that in there like you can put that information in there you could guess that it's a checking account if you could do a little bit of social engineering you could find out where their bank is put the address in their phone number and everything mm-hmm. and you could process an ach as long as you don't yes. do anything that raises a red flag that they block you you could still pull ach yep. for yep. a long time <laughs> yep yes sir you can so that's that's interesting i mean that's one of the reasons like i mean it's common nowadays like to to give out your 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 bank account number and i'm like i still i'm a little hesitant but i i do it but Mm -hmm. lately i'm just like oh i don't know like i mean one of my vendors that i used to use that you probably still use um they like every email that goes out their ach info because they're in the payables department their Mm -hmm. ach info is at the bottom of the email like every (laughs) every email like here's our ach and you know here's the swift code here's the routing number and i was Mm -hmm. just like huh 
Interesting. Yeah. So, you know, it seems like a little bit of a security issue, but, you know, yeah. Well, I guess, though... <laughs> So I've, I've had issues, uh, with my clearing company. So I take my company takes checks, ACH. And if, so some of my clients have a, uh, a check, check balance or not, not like a check, but a checks and balances process where I send them an invoice, let's say it's for a thousand dollars. And then they have to go into their banking system and, and, <laughs> add the invoice and approve the invoice to get paid via ACH. If they don't do that, then the ACH will automatically be rejected because they didn't authorize it to prevent this from happening. But here's the problem. If my client rejects an ACH that I use to process, my clearing company takes that very seriously. Um, and they will never, ever process another ACH transaction from that client through my portal unless they get a letter from their bank stating that I'm allowed to process payments through them. Mm -hmm. I appreciate it. I mean, I, I appreciate the fraud steps to protect their account. And I, I mean, I guess to a degree they're protecting me, uh, but it's a great big pain in the rear when when one of those yeah. things happens. And I tell my clients, I'm like, yep. sorry. I mean, I know that you didn't mean to forget this, but this is on you. You've got to fix this. <laughs> yep. That's it. Uh, <laughs> oh man. I tell you, it's it, it, again, that's the thing. It's like, there's so many processes that get screwed up when organizations get large. You mm -hmm. know? And, and that's, it's, it's very interesting, you know, like working when I had my MSP and, you know, you've got your MSP and you're relatively small, right. Mm -hmm. But there really is a lot to be said for nimble, you know, nimble agility transactions, you know, agile transactions and just getting, being able to get work done real fast yeah. as opposed to like, Oh yeah. You know, you're going to have to go through three levels of authorization before you can transfer this or undo that or uncheck mm -hmm. that. And like, okay, great. So, well, what else we got? Complex society. Uh, let's see here. I, I do have a question for you on the supplemental health insurance. What? Because I'm, you know, I'm taking over finances for my in-laws, and mm -hmm. supposedly they have AFLAC, not AFLAC, AARP, and I've paid. AIRP, but I, do they send you bills? Does, do they send you bills? Does Medicare send you bills? Where do these come from? Because we're not getting them. <laughs> um, so here's the thing, and this is where, again, I needed to verify because my father insisted that he has to call AARP every month to or United Healthcare to pay the bill. Um, they don't, they, they send him the bill. But I did just find out by looking at my dad's email that it's possible to pay online and to also set up recurring payments. Yeah. You can just give him a credit card and it just goes away. Um, he had been resisting doing that. He insisted, nope, I have to call. There's no way to do it. And so I was like, well, let me call with you. We call and while we're on hold, it's like, did you know you can pay your bill online? <laughs> <laughs> 
so we, we with but you know we couldn't find it. The, the website that they gave on there was not working Ooh, giant thing of snow just fell off the roof here <laughs> um so uh the website url and the voicemail was not working so the person on the phone was able to walk us through a one-time payment portal mm -hmm. so i was like well at least i could save his uh, you know the specific information into one password so he can just go to this website and submit payment mm -hmm. and so we did that one time and then they sent an email and the email was just like you can automate these payments just set up recurring monthly payments so <laughs> now that i have my father's uh, amex card in my hand i'm going to do that for him yeah i don't you know i have <sighs> i don't know why but i have uh not put my utilities on auto pay um because my utilities i i didn't want to put my ach information into their portal i wanted to mm -hmm. always send from my portal just so they were yes. all in one place i didn't have to keep track yes. of that <clears throat> So yep. on more than one occasion throughout the last 15, 20 years, I've missed the email for one reason or another. It's never been a big deal. Like my gas bill in the summertime is like $22. But then I get, an, you know, my next email says, all right, well, the cutoff date for your gas is, you know, 15th of this month. What? Yep. What? Why? Yep. Yep. <laughs> and, yep. and I was like, why am I doing this? Put the stupid ACH information in there and don't think about these. <laughs> yeah. Yep. That, that's just it, you know, and it's like, you know, you, so I'm, I'm trying to channel Adam a little bit. Um, you know, I have been um, buying the audible unlimited for the last, you know, couple of months. Mm -hmm. I'm still on the three month trial or, you know, where I paid like five bucks a month and then it goes to 15. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, it's all right. You know, the thing is though, is like, you know, I'll spend a few bucks here and there, but I want to get something for it. Mm -hmm. um, because, you know, I was looking, we were having this discussion someone else talking about like cable, you know, TV and stuff. Like right now in my household, we have Disney, Netflix, HBO, Apple, and Amazon. Yeah. Right. Now, one of those is included with my cell phone, so I don't have to pay for it, which is nice. And the other Amazon Prime, because of shipping, it's kind of included. But still, you know, that, that it's easy. And, you know, if you count, oh, YouTube, sorry, YouTube Premium, not YouTube TV, but YouTube Premium. Mm -hmm. And now an Audible subscription and a Blinkist subscription. And I subscribe, I pay for a bunch of podcasts. That starts to add up, mm -hmm. you know, and then, and, you know, and then sometimes I don't remember if I did this year or not. So, you know, I'll donate to NPR or the local NPR affiliate. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's very quickly doing it, but I still feel like I have a better range, a better selection of things available to me doing it this way than say paying a hundred to 200 to 400 bucks a month to like dish network or direct TV or Comcast. Yeah. Yeah, we we went through our list last episode. <laughs> There's a bunch yeah. of them. Oh, I forgot all about. It. Shoot, that was this podcast. Oh, <laughs> I knew it sounded familiar. <laughs> Damn, well, can you edit that out? Now I sound like an idiot. <laughs> well, it, one thing I wanted to tell you about, and I still haven't, I still haven't figured it out, and, and I want to find out exactly what it is. So my iPods and my Apple Watch and Adobe or Audible. If I go outside 
and get away from my wireless network and get away from my phone. If I can get if I can get my watch away from there and I'm on a cellular signal and I start audible, it will start yes. it'll download and my my AirPods won't bounce either. So they won't if I'm near my phone, my phone is constantly wants the AirPods, even though that I've told it, don't grab it unless I say so. But it it wants mm -hmm. It, it gets near and it wants them. It wants to at least communicate to them. And whenever that communication mm -hmm. occurs, then my watch will buffer for like 15 seconds and then it'll, it stops because it, it's, mm -hmm. it has detected some sort of sync that wants to happen there. And mm -hmm. you start it over again and you get 15 seconds and you start it over again. You get the same 15 seconds. So if I get outside, if I get on the road, if I have my AirPods and I start my watch on cellular, then I will, I can listen to audible. <laughs> yep. And, and, and that's the weirdest thing. I'm not thrilled with the audible app, uh, for the watch. Yeah. For the watch. I have it. Yeah. The watch app, it leaves a little to be desired. Um, for me, big thing I noticed when I was listening to it, like I had the watch and I had the phone and they weren't synchronizing. So well, you know, I, I would be like half a chapter in on my phone and I would stop. And then like a couple hours later, I'm like, Oh, I've got it on audible. Okay. Just play. And it starts at the beginning of the previous chapter. Yeah. Well, so if you can, if you can finagle it where you get the download is completed on the watch, and I don't know, mm -hmm. I haven't figured out why it stops downloading or how to keep it downloading. I've tried to keep it open and like, just keep touching the app yep. to keep it open, keep it downloading. Yep. Uh, if you can get it fully downloaded, then it does sync well between the devices. Mm -hmm. And it seems yep. to sync really well from, if you go to the phone, it picks up whatever the watch got every time. Okay. I mean, practically every time. Uh, but when I go from, I've been listening to it on the phone and I go to it on the watch, it doesn't always pick up where I was, but it always goes the other way fine. And of course my phone app yep. always works. It, it, I mean, it's not, it's not 100% bulletproof, but it's like 99%. It just yeah. always works. <laughs> yeah. Well, there you go. So it's not all doom and gloom. The audible watch sometimes works. <laughs> so on that note, we need to wrap things up. I do yep. have to jump to another call. So uh, dear listener, if you want to find us, Congratulations. You already have, but I'm going to tell you again how to. You can find us at BlurringTheLinesPodcast.com. You can find Adam on the Twitters at SublimeComp.com. And you can find me at Nicolaitis.com. I'm also at Nicolaitis at Infosec.exchange, which still makes me laugh. And on that note, Adam, I say it is time that we push the big, the red, the button. To contact either us or our guests, visit BlurringTheLinesPodcast.com. If you like what you're hearing, do us a solid and subscribe to our podcast. And leave us a five-star review in iTunes, Google Play Store, or wherever you found us.